Hello and welcome back to Not One of Your Little Friends. An unconventional conversation between mother and daughter about lifestyle, pop culture, and social issues. Hi guys and welcome back to our podcast um, with your hosts today, Sierra Cross and Tanya Cross. Um, we're going to get this episode started with our Black Girl Magic section. We kind of started off that way on our last episode, so we're going to keep that same format. We dedicate in this section this week to a new sketch comedy show that came out on HBO. It's called A Black Lady Sketch Comedy Show. Um, we're shouting this show out because it has uh, all female... Black Cast. All black female cast. Writers. All black female writers. Directors. All black female directors. It's just blackity black. <laughs> Everything black. Black on black. <laughs> they hit all the checkpoints, y'all. All of them. All, all of them. <laughs> and um, um, we got a chance to sit down and watch the show. We low-key bootlegged it because we watched it on the fire stick. But that's okay. You got all I be in this, Listen, if you got a fire stick, you can catch it on the fire stick. I'm just saying. Okay? That counting streams, don't it? Do it not? I don't know. That's a good question. Comment in the section below if that counts as streams towards a show. Or viewings towards a show. Because yeah, that is a good question. That's a good question. Um, But the main cast that's on it um is... Robin Thede, is that Thede. how you? Thede. Mm-hmm. Thede. Robin Thede, uh, Quatana Bro- Brunson. Ain't that Brunson? the Buzzfeed? Yeah. Yeah. She, she was the, uh, I remember her from um, her videos that she used to make, the He Got Money videos. <laughs> That's how I remember her. I, um, <laughs> I'm not familiar with that. I guess I'm too old. But she that. is a Buzzfeed um, person. So, okay, yeah, okay, okay. You, you got that right. Okay, because um, I have to remember, I'm not one of your little friends, so I don't know all this millennial stuff and how all this stuff goes. But we're going to get okay. it together. We're okay. going to catch you up. Okay, we're catching up. Okay. Um, the other person was Gabrielle Dennis, and the last person was Ashley Nicole Black. Those are the four main cast and but writers. But they had guest cast. Yeah, like- they, have, they do have guest stars on the show. Um, the episode we just watched, I remember Angela Bassett was, and one that was of the my favorite sketch. Like, what was the title of that sketch? That uh, was the bad bitch um, support group. Yeah, bad bitch support group. That was my favorite <laughs> sketch. Like, what was your Honestly, favorite that sketch? was my favorite sketch. That was your favorite too. Probably because that was the only one that I really like. Got all the references, but we'll get into that later. Um, okay. uh, who else? What's um? Oh, I can't think of her name right now. Why can't I think of her name? Well, another guest that yes, was Yes, um, she was Laverne Cox. The uh, that, yes, I, I said it right, didn't I? Yeah. The, um, Orange is black. Orange is the new black. Orange is see. I, how many times I gotta tell you I'm not one of your little friends. Anyway. <laughs> I don't I I, I you, watch right. that show. You right, watch that show when y'all watch it. Okay, so. but you're right, um, and I said the name right, too. Okay. Um, actress Laverne Cox, you can also catch her on Orange is the New Black. Um, I'm trying to remember, who else? She's still on that? Is she? 
No. No. I don't think her character is in the See, thing anymore. I know more about it than you do. Yeah. I guess I am a little. Because I'm behind more. by like two seasons. So. No, but then I thought I was. Um, so, yeah. So, those are the only two guest stars. No. Kelly Rowland. How I forget about Kelly Rowland? She was in the um the Invisible Woman uh sketch. Okay. I'm the spy. Remember the spy? Oh, okay. Okay. I remember Kelly Rowland was in that. Okay. So, yeah. So, they got a couple guest people here and there. So, we just dropped the names of a few. But I really encourage y'all to go and find that and watch it wherever you can watch it at. Because even though I didn't get some of the references, I feel like they were, I don't want to say dated. Because that makes it sound like they were whack. It was, it went over my head because it was references that I didn't grow up with, I guess. So I didn't really like connect it. So it wasn't like a immediate, oh my God, that's so funny. Like I had to think about it and was like, oh, okay, I get it. That was kind of funny. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I can say the same for me. Some of the, the more um, latest Social references that they made went over my head yeah. as well, and I had to ask you, "Oh, what like the fog thing? Is that new?" That's not new. Like, okay. <laughs> I didn't get the fog thing. That's not new. Okay, okay, so there's different movies about fog. Even in that recent Bird Box movie that came out, or whatever the the wind or whatever you call it was like kind of a fog or whatever. So like. It was, I feel like it was just referencing those movies. I haven't even, like, honestly, I haven't seen the movie The Fog either. But, okay. like, I know of it. So, okay, that's how okay. I connected it. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so I definitely encourage y'all to go see it. Because um, I'm going to watch the second episode that's supposed to be coming out. So, it's not that I didn't like the first episode. Because I did like it. It wasn't like out of this world hilarious but i am definitely gonna go back and watch this second episode but usually though you you don't remember um in living color do you i used to watch reruns usually sketch shows are i wouldn't say dry humor but i guess it's humor relating to Social issues, yeah. um, especially the uh, the uh, hotel, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, bit, right. So it's not really a a belly rolling kind of comedy mm -hmm. with sketches. It's more of a social conscious, laugh at your own self kind of okay comedy. Okay. I can so, I, I can get and that. I think I think it did its job. And I think they did well with it. But definitely shout out to them, y'all. Go get you an HBO subscription or black <laughs> find girl it on Fire Stick because that's some black girl magic I can get down with. Um, Next up on our list of topics uh, would probably be our social media BS. <laughs> um, So this week, y'all, y'all. Not even this week. It's been more than just this week. Like, it's been happening over a span of a couple of weeks, I feel like. Um, but there's this 
challenge going around called the Cucumber Challenge. I'm going to let y'all know ahead of time. I had to let my mama... I had to put her on game. Because <laughs> she had no idea what it was. Because I'm not one of your little <laughs> ratchet friends. <laughs> but yeah. Lord. But yeah, so... The Cucumber Challenge is a challenge that has been growing on Instagram and social media. Um, if you don't know, the challenge entails women grabbing cucumbers and mimicking fellatio. Yeah, that's a good word. That's a good word, because <laughs> our show is PG-13. <laughs> This is not no triple A show. Okay, so <laughs> parental guidance warning right now. Um, so yeah, so they're basically mimicking fellatio on these cucumbers. It could be a cucumber that they have in their house. It could be a cucumber that they just picked up while they were in the grocery store and decided to just film it. But which is one reason why I'm not. I told your daddy after I, after you showed me that video, I'm not buying no more cucumbers from the grocery store because I don't know what somebody done to that cucumber. And that's and how a lot of people feel. That's like, that's about as bad as the licking the ice cream. <laughs> Some people have issue. made that connection as well. I personally like. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to slut shame here. Or judge, judge, but I don't necessarily understand. I don't understand. I don't get it. Like, why? Why would you do this? What's the point? Exactly. Because, I mean, I have nothing against that act, (laughs) but that's for your personal... Don't give me that mental image in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it. Behind the door type. Stuff. Yes, like that's what I'm saying. To me, like the only way that I can make it make sense in my head is if you're doing it for attention. Well, they definitely getting attention. But like, is that really the type of attention that y'all want? But hey, that's your business. That's your life. We are not here to judge. Right. I guess I probably shouldn't have said ratchet even. I mean, a judgmental. <laughs> you're calling it how you see it. So, <laughs> if that's the word you want to put on it, then go ahead. But I'm just, I don't know. I don't, it's not for me, is what I'm going to well, say. It's not for me. It definitely not for me. And I hadn't heard about it till you said something to me about it when you gave me the show notes as far as what we're going to be covering and what we're going to talk about. It ain't showed up in none of my social media timelines, and I figure it's because I got blocks on my timeline <laughs> from indecent, vulgar yeah, that's, words that's, and stuff, and that's probably why it didn't show up on my timeline. That's probably why. And plus, the people I follow and follow me are... Mature women. <laughs> I'm not saying they don't engage in those type of activities. They probably do in private, but not. I can say this: the videos that I see that I did see on my timeline were reposts that dudes were reposting. Okay. So I didn't really see any females that, that you knew personally. Not even know personally, but I didn't see any females that I follow okay. posting it. 
Okay. Of course, I saw it in the shade room and all that other stuff, but right. like, right. that wasn't the case for me, and I'm very happy about that because I don't know, like, it's just like leave something up the, to the imagination. Like, I just, I just don't get it. Everybody knows that people do it and it happens. That's something like if you gonna do it, let that be like a private video that you send your man's. Like right, don't right. just be right. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't understand. But yeah, and then even more attention got drawn back to it because um, recently there was a cucumber pool party or whatever. Some rapper. I don't even remember the rapper's name who actually hosted it but i do know like you probably don't know nothing about this but um wife and lucci was there and his well who is that wife and lucci he is a rapper i know i heard that little bootsy was there i feel like he was the one who recorded the video that i'm about to talk about um but i don't know exactly who hosted the event but i know that those different people was there Mm -hmm. um but basically, what happened at the party was that um, I, for some reason, somebody decided to take a cucumber and just... Okay, that's and, enough. <laughs> and just mimic another type of, I guess you could say, sexual act. Um, with the young lady and the cucumber in her lower region. Um, so and that, inappropriate, especially to to post it publicly. That's kind of like a violation. Of, number one, her privacy. Number two, like I don't know how to feel about that. Especially for it to be posted publicly for the world to see. As far as I know, the girl in the video didn't have a problem with it being posted. So, I mean, it's not really a violation of privacy issue, I wouldn't think. But it's definitely like, okay, it was already doing the most. Now y'all really doing the most. Like, like, I guess... Do how how do you would you describe it like making women sex objects though? Like I feel like doesn't that have that's to me that's a negative connotation for me. Like women are just simply sex sex objects. I mean they are beings. They are human beings. They have feelings. They have emotions. They have wants, they have desires, they have ambitions. Listen, I get you. I got all of that. We here. We eye to eye. Okay? I get it. I got you. It's, I definitely feel like this is contributing to the negative downfall of that. Um, I just don't feel like people are necessarily thinking about it that way. Because I, I, I see it in how it's contributing to that because I honestly feel like women have always been looked at as sexual objects. sexual objects. And I could see how you could connect those two and be like, this is contributing to something that we're trying to change. And right. I completely agree. 
But again, you have like this whole notation of you don't want to slut, you don't want to slut shame people. That's them, their choice, and what they want to do. But at the same time, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking exactly what you're thinking. Like, this not good. <laughs> like, what, what, what is life? So I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it's, it's a, a lot. lot. It's That's a lot to take in. It's a lot, a lot to think about. Um, but at the same time, like I know me and myself, and I honestly had to unfollow the guys that were reposting it because I'm just like, okay, at this point, I got to protect my energy. This is not something that I want to see on my timeline. Like Exactly. So I agree. you just kudos to you <laughs> kudos for, for, uh, for doing that because yeah, I I wouldn't want to see that on my timeline either. So it's just I don't know, you just gotta at this point I'm learning to pick and choose my battles. Yeah, I could go in on the people that's doing the what they doing it. and sharing it and doing all but at the same time it's like okay I understand how that's kind of messing up how I would like women to be elevated, elevated and looked at. But at the same time, people gonna do it what they want to do. True. So like, okay, that's what y'all want to do this week. That's cool, but I'm not having it on my timeline. I just can't. <laughs> like, it's it's too much. It's too much. Right. But yeah. yeah. So that was our social BS media BS. Because <laughs> that, so that was definitely I was gonna say BS. that was definitely some BS. <laughs> oh Jesus, Mom. This, this this is what I'm up against. Like this is what I'm up against, and it's just it can be very challenging. Challenging, making you. Just be like, if it, I'm going to just be by myself. I don't want no parts of this. Because, like, of course, I'm I'm not out here doing that. But at the same time, people, not even, I don't want to say people that I'm interested in. But other people are seeing this and, like, getting ideas in their head about what they're looking for. And I'm just like. That's not what you're looking for, sis. <laughs> yeah. That's not what you He's looking for. I don't know what you need in your life. It's like a, in a way, it's kind of like a filter, because it's a way for you to filter out the type of people that you don't need to associate yourself with. Right. Right. But at the same time, it's just like, is somebody gonna say something? Like, is nobody gonna like call them out or call you know on their choices? But and the decisions they make, like them. I said, with the whole, with the Me Too movement going on and the slut non slut shaming campaign that I like Sup- to support, support and advocate and advocate. It's just like it can be kind of tricky, honestly, for me to gauge. What to let go? Not even let go. Like what to engage with and what to not engage with. Okay. Because it's like in my mind, I know that this is 
this is wrong. Right. This is wrong. But I, on the other side, like I said, I don't want to slut shame anybody. Right. So it's just like, I know that it's wrong, but it's like, dang. <laughs> I don't want to be all judgy either. Right. So it's just, it's, it can definitely be like being a, in between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, a pull and tug type of situation. And yeah. whew, you just got to navigate your way through that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and it's a lot. Um, but what else we we gonna talk about today? Okay, we did Black head? Girl Magic. We did social media. BS. The last thing we need to do is talk about social issue. The shooting. Yeah, we yeah, said yeah, we're gonna yeah, talk yeah. about the okay. mass shootings that we had in El Paso and Ohio. El Paso and Ohio. Yes. And then it was a third one, the California. It was in California, but I think was, that was like the week. It was the week before. They didn't happen in the same, same week, week as like the other they week. didn't. Okay, okay, okay. Um. So. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to like. What am I gonna attack first? <laughs> um. So okay. What? Let's talk about the reaction. Okay. What reactions have you been seeing from people about the shootings? Well, of course, you know, you got both sides of the coin. You have the people who support gun rights and saying that it's not, guns are not bad, it's people that are bad, and you can't pop the gun because of how somebody chooses to use it. And then, But I can't fault gun laws. Yes. I, I, we are on the same page on this one too. <laughs> okay. I agree with that. And then on the other side of the coin, you have people saying that we need to have, like you said, um, better gun laws, better control of gun purchases, um, gun distribution, and things of that nature. Um, but like I say, I always say in every situation, there's always two sides to every story. Well, no. There's always three sides in every story. Their side, the other side, and the truth. And the truth kind of comes somewhere in the middle. Um, I think each side do have valid points, but we have to find some common ground, some truth that's going to stop this type of, this type of massacre. I mean, that's what it is. There's no no other way to describe it for me. The reactions that I have been seeing kind of came from a different perspective. I saw a lot of people upset with the fact that you have these people who are doing these mass shootings and then when they come to get arrested, you see pictures of them standing there looking perfectly fine and unharmed. Yet, a black man who probably don't even have a gun, is getting roughhoused to a point where he might even get killed. Right. During the police trying to, quote-unquote, attain or arrest him. Right. I've seen a lot of people being frustrated with the fact that the... There's a cultural difference. There's clearly a cultural difference. And it doesn't make sense because... You know that this person has a gun and has shot all these people. Why are you being so gentle in arresting them? 
why are you able to de-escalate? Why exactly? Why are you able to de-escalate in that situation? But when it comes to a nor a more normalized situation, you have a hard time de-escalating situations. If anything, you and have fear for your life. Exactly. So, like my thing is, in that instance, you're fearing for your life with a black man who doesn't have a gun. But when you're dealing with a a white man who has a gun, who has killed, people. who has killed people, you have no fear for your life. Right. To me, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't. I agree. It doesn't. But make like sense. honestly, that's mainly the the things that I have been seeing people post about and talk okay. about. Okay. Um. So <sighs> I'm gonna try not to get frustrated, y'all. But <laughs> it's just like, oh, like you know what it is. You see what it is. What the heck are we... What are we doing? What are we doing about this? Right. And I think people... And another thing that was addressed is the mental illness aspect of it as well. I don't like that. I, I, and I think it's giving people with true mental illness a bad name. Exactly. Bad because look. my thing is like... This, to me... Okay. I'm trying to think how I want to attack this because when I first sat down with myself and thought about it, I'm just like going around and shooting people of a certain race or ethnicity intentionally intentionally isn't a mental disorder. You clearly thought about this, planned it out, had in your mind what exactly you were going to do. Premeditated. Premeditated. But then, I did have a chance to um, listen to um, Charlemagne the God. He's a radio host, and he also has a podcast called Brilliant Idiots. And the way that he kind of, I guess, broke it down made it more sense as to how this could possibly be a mental illness issue. My thing is, though, I don't want to... I feel like putting the mental illness label label on it is equating what... is equating mental... It's basically saying... Yeah, like, it's basically saying that white supremacy, like, they're... Them acting out white supremacy is them having a mental illness. Like, to me, those two things don't go together. Okay. You can can be a white supremacist and act on those things and still be okay mentally, I feel like. But, honestly, the way that he was talking about it and, like discussing it it made it I could see how you could connect the two. Right. And you saw it from a different perspective. Yeah, but different... I, but I still don't want to connect a, the two. Right. Like but just because you see it from a different perspective and a different side of it does not necessarily mean you have to agree with it. Yeah, true. True. So true. so but you know But I just don't like that. I I really don't because 
Like, y'all, I've been thinking about this all week. <laughs> I really have. Like, and it's been, like, eating up at me. It, it really has. Because when I see a problem, I automatically just want to fix it. And this ain't something that I can fix. Do you feel like this is our new reality as American mass shootings? Sadly, yes. Because honestly, after that um, that uh, Sand Hook school shooting happened, and like literally nobody's like literally nothing was done after that. Right. Nothing. Right. They didn't even attempt to change some gun laws. Like literally nothing happened after that. And once that I, once once you didn't put out the message to me that you don't even care about the kids, I know nothing gonna change. Right. Cause that's the one thing that you should care about is the kids. Because that's your future. That and they don't and clearly they don't care. So I honestly sadly believe that this is this is it this is what it is. Mm. And and that just tears me up inside because it's just like so basically, what you're saying is somebody can go out and shoot a whole bunch of people, and you and you keep saying that it's not the guns, it's the people. Okay, well, if it's not the guns, it's the people, then why not change how these people are getting the guns? That's a valid point. Like, to me, that goes hand in hand. And mm-hmm. I don't understand why that connection isn't being made by everybody. I know that a lot of people are making that connection, obviously, but I feel like everybody should be making that connection, and it's not. And it's the, not the, the people case. that's able to change the law need to be making the connection. Yeah, exactly. But not even just the people that can change the law. The people that's voting for the people that can change the law true. need to make that connection. True. That's true. So it's just it's it's y'all, a I had to do a woosa, I had to do a woosa, I had to do a woosa. Like it's it's too much. It's a like this the things we're experiencing in this day and time and in this season is a lot. And and I think it's very important and imperative for us to take mental breaks. Um times to decompress um to replenish our minds to replenish our spirits to replenish ourselves physically because it it can be very overwhelming and we definitely need to invest in self-care especially for people of color we definitely yeah. need to, to strategically um and consistently invest and self-care. Shout out to another black girl magic shout out. Not even black girl magic, just black people in general shout out. <laughs> um, I was watching a new episode, not a new episode, but a, the, a new series for um, Dear White People came out. And I absolutely positively love that show. It's amazing. I recommend it. Go watch it. Okay. But in the show, um, one of the characters got, 
<laughs> Y'all, my mama pointed out the 30 minute mark to me. <laughs> Listen. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm listening. One, like, one of the characters was working with one of his professors to create an app for black people specifically to get the type of help that you're talking about, like mental awareness, health, help. And I just feel like that's such a great idea that needs to be, like, mobilized immediately. Like, because I know they have um, the Talkspace app. Um, with that is basically you can you pay for it monthly and you can call, text, email like a uh, real life and this is specifically for people of color. It's not specific that's the thing. It's not specifically for people of color. It's for any and everybody. But I, I like the fact that it's so instant and so readily, readily and readily available, available. and it's also a way for people who aren't used to the, I guess, stereotypical way of going or seeing a therapist. therapist right. All the, um, st- all the stigma. Yeah, exactly. Of seeing a, a therapist. So it's like you can reach out to a certified therapist through those Channel. way through those channels mm-hmm. and get the help that you need from somebody who know what they're talking about in right in that instance. That's, that's what I yeah, really like a, about that's it. That's great. Um, really but like I said, it, it is for any and everybody. Um, so it is still helpful. But as black people, we go through certain type things. I don't want to just like generalize everybody, but like we go through certain type things, and we just do. I mean, we experience things that other cultures don't experience. Yeah, okay, let's say it that way. Yeah. And I just feel like something tailored to us would help us a lot. Even, like, because I, I feel like it chips away at the the stereotypical aspect. Um, and... Honestly, if if we talk about it and do it, everybody will fall in line. That's what I feel like. Because it's not like it's a bad thing. Right. The more that we talk about it and the more that we do it, the it, more... It, it diminishes the stigma. Exactly. The I more mean. people... I feel like the more people are going to fall in line. Right. Well, yeah. So, it's just... We, we got off topic. What was we talking about? <laughs> we was talking about uh, the mass shooters. Hey, I know. Thinking, I don't think we got off topic. I think that still ties into because honestly, honestly, I'm scared. Like I'm scared, mom. But you can't live in fear, Sierra. I mean, but you these still these white men is crazy. The, they out here just shooting people up. I'm you scared. Still gotta live your life. You still you can't live in fear. And um, that's another thing that I don't appreciate. The, we have the same type of people committing these same type of crimes and nobody wants to acknowledge it. Why is it that when a white boy go crazy and shoot up a whole bunch of people that it's okay that because he has a mental illness and he didn't have many friends. And, and I even saw one article that said one of the boys ain't have his, his daddy in his life. Wow. So that's a 
not necessarily a, a positive for him, but that's something that you want to sit here and consider for him. But when it comes to us, you can't take that in consideration. And wow. it's it's and it's a and it's automatically a negative. Wow, I hadn't heard about that. So I'm just like, I just like, it's just blowing my mind how how vastly these stories differ from the ones that we see about our people. Right. And we not even out here committing these types of crimes. Right. It's just it's just really blowing my mind. Yeah. Oh, y'all, pray for me and my sanity. (laughs) Please, pray for me. Because I'm going through it mentally. Like, for real. Like, for real, for real. Like, with just everyday personal things that I'm going through, plus all of this outside worldly stuff that's going on, like, it is a lot to just be constantly thinking about on a daily basis. Right. But that's why I say you need the time to decompress, the time to replenish, restore, and all that stuff to maintain your, I don't want to say sanity, but that's the only word. I mean, but that is, that's, that's what it is. Because like you have to be able to maintain your sanity. Yeah. It's just, yeah, just like take you mental health days because I know since... Probably for the past two years, I have strategically taken mental health days, like days off from my job for my mental health. Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, just so much going on and so much that our communities are confronted with that you just need that time to yourself to refocus, to re, you know, replenish. Yeah. Refresh and all to get stuff. your life together, basically. Right, right. <laughs> to get exactly, your life exactly. Because because the um, person over um, the administrator of our department, like you, the only person I know, take a day off once a month. Yes, I do, because I need it. <laughs> oh, y'all, this is the same person <laughs> that claims she ain't got no friends at work. <laughs> like I got, I come to work, I do my job, and I leave, and I be doing the same thing because I get it from her. I come to work, I do my job, and I leave. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for all that extraness. No, no time for no friend, no extra nothing. Oh, well, yeah. Mother, was there anything else that you would like to discuss? No, but this was a great discussion. It I was. Enjoyed it. it was. We 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 working into our flow, y'all. Yeah, we working, working into, into our flow. We working I think into we it. got a good flow this episode. Yeah, Ooh. I think Ooh. we Comment below if you liked our flow this episode. I think the more we do it, the better we get at it. Yeah. And that's why I say it's important that we stay consistent and keep doing it. So, And we've been doing consistent. Yeah. Every two weeks. We yeah. own it. We <laughs> But thank you guys for listening again today. As always, like, share. Um, and then another thing I did notice that on Anchor, you cannot leave comments, but you can send us an audio message. Mm-hmm. So just send us an audio message. Let us know if you like it. Because I'll listen to it. Yeah, Sierra, listen to it. <laughs> I'll listen to it. So send us audio message. Um, but I do think on iTunes, I think you can 
leave a message or comment on iTunes. I'm not uh-huh. sure. Y'all, we still learning, and we try, still trying to figure this out. So wherever mm-hmm. you're listening and you can leave a comment, please leave a comment. We know all the platforms don't allow for comments Cause I know for a fact Or you can comment on Facebook. the post yeah. that we shared on. Like if we shared on Facebook and or you want to Twitter or, or Twitter Instagram. or Instagram, comment on that post and let us give us some feedback and let us know what you think. Because we be waiting for y'all to comment, but y'all ain't been commenting lately. Yes, but it's they so have. <laughs> we got, we got a few comments, comments here and there. But we just started. We true, 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 true. We trying to build our audience. So, like she said, definitely share, repost, all that good stuff and help us build our audience. But thank you guys for listening again, and we will see you guys in the next two weeks, right? Two weeks. All right, have a good day. Hello, I'm Tanya Cross. We're back with not one of your little friends. I am the co-host, a.k.a. Mama Cross. And I'm Sierra. We are here to talk to you today um, with another week of... Different topics. Um, we're going to start out with our Black Girl Magic, which, of course, we're going to dedicate to Beyonce once again because she's always doing amazing things. Shout out to Beyonce. <laughs> where her, I think you said it was on NBC because I didn't get to see it, guys. So I missed it. <laughs> what it was was a, um, a special about the, I guess, the... They show making. the making of um, the, Lion, the King. Lion King soundtrack that she did and everything that went into that. And um, I saw different clips of it online. I didn't watch the whole thing all the way through, which I really need to do. But from what I saw, it was really interesting. She um, showed the babies, which everybody was excited about, um, and just how much... Family, I guess, was involved when she got her mom right to make the soundtrack for the Lion King. Cause they went um on a trip to I think it was Kenya. I know they went to Africa. I'm not sure if it was Kenya specifically, but they went okay. on a trip. Um, and she took the whole family went and whatnot. So she got reconnected with her, her African roots. And was able to share that experience with her kids, which I thought was really special. We should go to Africa. Yeah, that would be a good trip for our family. I would love to do that. I really want to go to Egypt. That's on my bucket list. Why Egypt? Because I just feel like it would be euphoric to see the pyramids. Oh, okay. It's just something that you like. You see and you know about from books and TV, but I feel like it'd be like a whole nother experience actually seeing it in person. Okay. Because you don't really realize how big something is until you see it in person. I agree. I agree. Um, My desire isn't to go to Kenya. I'm not Kenya, but uh, Egypt, though, that, that would... On my bucket list. But, I mean, anywhere in Africa, though, but I hadn't really picked a country that I just absolutely wanted to see. Um, 
But yeah, that would be a good trip to organize or try to get together. Well, I mean, we could possibly go to um, one of the places that was on your results for your um, the ancestry. Your ancestry thing. That would probably be cool yeah. and interesting. To do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, our second segment we want to talk about is social media BS. We kind of going through this kind of fast, <laughs> but <laughs> um, the only thing that I really saw this week that kind of, I guess, stood out to me was the the incident with H and M. So what happened was, why is H and M just like always in the news? Sony's like they marketing team. Whoo, they be catching it. I mean, I don't like, feel really? like this was on them this time. Okay, go ahead. Explain. I feel Explain. like this was necessarily a reflection of us and what we need to do. And when you say us, you speaking in reference to to black people. Okay, because the little the little girl was a part of a campaign. Well, not yeah, was a part of a little. I guess a new campaign that they put out, and. They took pictures of her in a hoodie. The hoodie was fine. It was then that, that wasn't the issue. The issue was the fact of her hair. And people were reacting to the photo and saying that her hair should have been done for the photo shoot. And what exactly like I'm not one of your little friends, so define done. What is done? What does it mean for your hair to be done? It means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. I feel okay. like it depends on who you talk to. Okay. Nowadays, for people my age, your hair is considered done if it's quote-unquote laid and looks put together, I guess. Because okay. nowadays, people want to lay the edges down and slick it back and all that good stuff. And I'm not going to lie, I participate in the slicking down of my edges, but at the same time, like, that's not the norm for everybody. Everybody can't do that, because everybody's hair isn't the same. Right. Because even dealing with Gabby, like, her hair just don't lay the way everybody's hair lay. And for our Gabby is... The younger sister of Shout the Crossroads. Shout out to Gabby. Central uh, NCCU. Eagle Pride Amplified. Turn up. Um, but like, she got she gets frustrated because she she doesn't feel like her hair cooperates with her when she tries to brush her hair down. And I mean, I ain't gonna lie, her hair is different. But at the same time. I low-key wish that my hair was like hers because I feel like her hair is a lot more full and Mm -hmm. long, and it grows fast. So it's kind of like a give and take with your hair and the different ways that it comes out and what you can do with it. But in this instance, I feel like people kind of attack, not necessarily attack the little girl. Well, yeah, in a sense, attack the little girl and was... Jumping down H&M net about something that they didn't know the full context of. 
Which so, I feel like so the, the audience didn't know the full context of I don't think they did. I feel like if they knew the full context of what was going on, which was that the the objective of the shoot was to catch kids in their natural element after they've been playing all day. Like like an after school type. Yeah, shoot, and right? what the realness of, of what little that kids looks and like. what that looks like. Right. And I feel like people were commenting on the photo not knowing that. Okay. And I feel like that happens a lot these days. People comment on stuff without knowing the full context. And I know it's because it takes a lot more effort to do your research to know the full context of stuff. And people don't take the time to do that because they just want to automatically respond to stuff. But in this instance, like you can't do that. Right, but and I think we live in a culture too of wanting to be the first, wanting to be the first to address the issue, wanting to be the first. But, and a lot of times in in wanting to be the first, we get ahead of the narrative and then later find out, oh, that wasn't really what was going on. You know, does it really matter if you're the first if what you commented on is wrong though? To some people it does matter. As far as being the first, but like you said, I guess it's like it depends on the person. But some people just want to be the first. I would rather have all the context of a situation and then put out my personal opinion about it instead of just going off of false information. I guess, like to me, that makes more sense and gives you a more well-rounded response because I don't feel like what happened should have happened. Because I understand that H and M didn't done stuff wrong in the past, and in relations to the African American community and the way that they represent the little kids and they ads and whatnot. But in this instance, I feel like black people were in the wrong, or at least the people that were commenting on her hair and how it wasn't done were in the wrong. Because not everybody is out here with their hair like just on point every day exactly and maybe (laughs) i ain't gonna lie like okay yeah maybe they could have brushed her hair down a little bit but at the same time that wasn't the point of the campaign right and it wouldn't have been a true reflection of the end of the school day yeah, and I just so. feel like people was attacking that little girl. Y'all don't know if she saw that stuff or not. I hope that she didn't see it and that her parents low-key, like, protected her from seeing the comments because y'all was going in on her and saying that her mama was a bad mama for not making sure that her hair was done. And I'm just like, well, maybe she didn't do it because she knew the purpose of the campaign. <laughs> like... <laughs> going in on people's parenting and y'all don't even know the full story right right and then, i don't know it just irritated me like what are y'all doing like what what's what's really the purpose here is the purpose really to make sure that our people are being represented correctly or is the purpose to just have something to complain about okay and that's what really has been irritating me about social media lately and the stuff that is being posted and talked about. Like, do y'all really care about this stuff or y'all just want to have something to complain about? Because the way it's looking, is looking like 
Y'all just want to have something to complain about. Right. And that's not going to help Isn't nobody. Is there a way that kind of ties into our last podcast where we was talking about how people redirect pain, you know, and redirect their own personal issues on other people's situations. Well, I definitely think that there was a lot of redirection in this instance because y'all was going in on a little girl for no reason. And that can be detrimental all because you want to have something to say. Like, come on. Right. But I mean, I think, you know, the hair issue and the Hair is an issue within the African American community. And it runs deep, just and like all runs, the other issues that we yeah, have. Yeah, and it really runs deep because you know I think about you know how Blue Abby, how they attacked her when she was younger, and her hair, and talk about how Beyonce needed to do her hair, just like. But these are children. These not like grown people just why can't children be children and you know i can't remember and that's a whole nother layer of conversation y'all not letting y'all kids be kids y'all putting y'all kids in grown outfit situations and looks and posting it on social media to get likes like that's crazy to me like and it's ridiculous and then when you see somebody that's not following falling in line with that type of sentiment you want to make them feel bad because they letting their kids be kids like that don't make sense to me uh, it just don't make sense like make it make sense right now it don't make sense right but I mean but I ain't got no kids so I can't say nothing well I do have children but of course as our viewers know all of my children are grown but um, it was important to me as a parent, from a parent's perspective, to allow my girls to be children, to have a childhood experience, um, not to encourage them to grow up too fast, um, to enjoy playing, to enjoy being outside. Um, we, we also encourage y'all to read. Um, we didn't really get into the video games and all that stuff with you guys because we wanted y'all to be more well-rounded. Um, so all of y'all was avid readers. Um, so I guess it all depends on the parents and what kind of, I guess, environment that they try to establish um, for their children. Um, as far as developing, um, I guess, gifts, talents, and stuff like that. So, I feel like this all boils down to people dealing with themselves and being real with themselves and dealing with the issues that they have about themselves. Because instead of imposing those issues on their children. Or imposing their issues on other people's children. That True. is on... <laughs> Social media, like, that to me is crazy. Like, how you gonna talk sideways about a little kid? It's a little kid. Right. Right. So, what's next, Sierra? (laughs) What's next? What's Uh, next? (laughs) So, last we gonna talk about um, a topic that we wanna discuss this week. Um, Recently, 
a new Netflix documentary came out. It's called Hello Privilege. My name is Chelsea. Um, I got put onto it by one of my friends, um, Kiera. She messaged me one day and was like, I Shout out Kiera. <laughs> Shout out Kiera. Um, you really need to watch this. So I was like, okay, I'll watch it. And then I finally did watch it and I understood why she wanted me to watch it because it's it was very interesting and very refreshing to see a white person genuinely try to understand white privilege. Not not even white privilege, but to understand why we feel the way that we feel about white privilege. And when you say we, it's people of color. Yeah, okay. people of color. Okay. Um, but Chelsea Lightly is, is a comedian um, that the documentary starts out with her kind of like realizing, yeah, she didn't have everything handed to her necessarily on a silver platter, but at the same time, she went through situations in life that could have easily held her back. Or went sideways. Oh, yeah, or went sideways and could have prevented her from getting to where she got. But because of the privilege that she has as a white person in a a lot of situations, Mm -hmm. she was able to, I guess, skirt, skirt out of situations that could have been detrimental to to, somebody else. To somebody of color, yeah. Um... But I really enjoyed the documentary because it touched on, like, a lot of different aspects and a lot of different things that come into play when you talk about white privilege. Um, One of the first things was white people even acknowledging the fact that they have white privilege. And And a lot of the people she interviewed struggle with that except that one guy the rapper i can't remember what his name so, was when, let me let's talk about the first stuff though okay um, okay so she went to this Oktoberfest, and basically Oktoberfest is a beer festival and she approached people with the question of do you think white privilege is a real thing or is it just something that people make up in their heads and i heard a lot of responses that you hear on a daily basis like no I grew up poor I didn't have white privilege and I didn't get things just given to me just because the color of my skin but one of one of the responses from the people was that well I'm white so how would I know right which was a valid point which was a really valid point because I don't feel like a lot of people realize that they have an advantage because they're surrounded by people who also have those same advantages. So they feel like it's necessarily the norm and not something different or special. Right. And that kind of got to the root of, okay, we need to surround ourselves with people that don't look like us. So that we didn't know that, okay, this may have been my experience, but this isn't everybody else's experience. experience. Right, right. And I'm not going to lie. I'm one of those people that has constantly surrounded myself 
with just black people. Mm-hmm. And because, yeah, I went to West Rowan. West Rowan was considered a quote unquote, I guess, predominantly white, predominantly white, white high school. school. But at the same time, the people and the friends that I had were still, were, were still black. Right. Yeah, I had people that I called friends that weren't black. But, like, it's not like I necessarily really genuinely hung out with them outside of school. Yeah, when we were in school, we talked all the time, have conversations about stuff, hang out, play sports with them. But when I left school, that wasn't necessarily the case. Right. Um. So, I mean, I interacted with them, but it wasn't on, I guess, uh, intimate level. Right. But as and, a as an African American student in the predominantly white school, would you say you still witness um white privilege and what that looked like in that situation? Uh, honestly, I ain't gonna lie. I feel like I have been blessed to not have to come to grips with the reality of certain things that other black people have to deal with. Okay. Um, so would you say, in a way, you may have some privileges? Yeah. In that way, yeah. Because, honestly, when I get stopped by the popo, I don't feel that initial intimate harm. I know in the back of my mind that it can happen, mm-hmm. but it's just not, oh, oh my God, okay, let me do it. Because most times when I didn't get pulled over, it's because I was speeding, and I know that I was speeding, and right. he didn't caught me speeding. Right. So it's just like, okay, yeah, I'm feeling like, dang, I'm about to get another ticket. <laughs> like, right. That, right. <laughs> that right there gets me, like, worked up and whatnot, but I don't, I don't feel that instant sense of harm but then again like i haven't never i haven't ever gotten pulled over at night right i haven't most times the the times that i have gotten pulled over it was broad daylight in the middle of the day i was in an area that was highly populated highly populated so like at the same time i haven't been put in those situations either right right so that's another testament to the way that the life that I live has privileged privileged me in that way. Okay. Um, but I forgot what we was. What was he talking about? We talked about <laughs> your experience um, as a African American. Do you feel that you do have some privileges? And you said yes. You feel like you do have. But I say that to also say. The privileges that I have don't give me financial stability. They don't give me systematic advantages. Like, I feel as though, yes, every culture has their different types of privileges. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, white privilege is specifically connected to systematic advantages. And okay. that's a whole nother type of privilege. privilege. Right, right. I agree. Um, so I can agree when I hear 
a white person say, well, every culture has their privileges. Yeah, that is true. Every culture does have their privileges. But the type of privileges you have puts you way farther ahead of everybody else. I have the privilege of, I guess, like I said, not being put in situations that other black people are put in. Yeah, that is a privilege, but that doesn't aid me in advancing through systems that was established to... Yeah, I, I just race. feel like in that aspect, I I necessarily got lucky, right? To be real, and is luck really a privilege? <laughs> like, <laughs> to be honest, but at the same time, like, even though I never put myself in a situation to have to deal with those things, just because I didn't put myself in a situation doesn't necessarily mean I still couldn't have been subject to those situations still. Right, I agree. Because not everybody put themselves in a situation to get or, killed. Not necessarily at, put themselves in a situation, but find themselves in a situation, in a situation like that. Like that. So, like, it, it, at the same time, yeah, no matter it, it can be a factor of no matter what you do, you can still be put in that situation. I was just lucky that I wasn't one of those people. Right, right. Um, and I count my blessings for that, but that doesn't prevent me from understanding other people's Experience. experiences. And I feel like that's another disconnect that a lot of people have with other people that don't look like them necessarily is they don't go as far as to understanding that, yeah, this this is my life and this is the way things are in my life, but at the same time, it's different for other people. people. Right, right. I don't feel like they go as far. I don't feel like they go that far, and that's the disconnect. Um, but the one, so like she went to the um, October the Oktoberfest, and she was talking to people and getting different advantage. And one of uh, mom, another thing that just stood out to me was when she was talking about voter suppression and people being put in situations where their vote is being suppressed, one of the dudes, like, she asked him, so, so voting is, she, like, she told him that voting was a right. And he basically corrected her and was like, no, voting isn't a right. It's a privilege. And I'm just like... He said that twice. He said it twice. <laughs> he doubled down on it. And right. I'm just like... Right. But that's clearly in the Constitution. That voting is a right. right. But you still have people in their own ideology of thinking that's like, oh no, even though it's written down in concrete black and white, in my mind, I'm still going to stick to the fact that voting is a privilege. privilege. And that's your privilege in yourself because you feel like it's a privilege because you are in jeopardy of that Privilege, quote unquote, getting taken Take away, away from, from you. you. Right. I feel like if he was put in a position where that quote unquote privilege that he claims is a privilege was taken away from him, then he'd be like, "Oh no!" But that—that's my right. Right. Then it would be a right. 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 So like that, just it just it blew it blew my mind. It just blew my 
mind because it's just like if one person thinks that way, just imagine how, how many, many other people, people think that, that way. way. And that's way. like a that's a really scary thought to me. Like it make it makes things make sense, but at the same time, that's not good right. at all. Right. But that that was another thing, but like you were saying, but there was um a guy included in the documentary um that was a down south rapper mm-hmm. um that she introduced us to um that who was a white male <laughs> yes he was a white male who had um gotten in legal trouble before had been to jail before had experienced um, the injustice <laughs> the justice system, system before and like i i i like that she included him in the video because that's an example of somebody who didn't get life served to them on a silver platter, but they still understood that they had privilege. They still had privilege in those, for lack of a better word, shitty moments. Right, <laughs> like, because right. he talked about, yeah, I went to jail and this happened and that happened, but at the same time, I'm standing next to a dude who's of a different color than me, and we got the same exact crime, and I'm getting this, and he getting that. Or I'm standing next to a dude, which this is another thing that I like that he touched on. I'm standing next to a dude that looked just like me. We got the same crime, but he got a lawyer, and he got money. So he getting things that I'm not getting. Right. Because that's a whole nother privilege in itself as well. Socioeconomic. status is definitely a privilege Privilege. that most i'm not gonna say no black people have that economic privilege because there are a lot i don't want to downplay the fact that there are a lot of wealthy african-american people people. but they even with that economic privilege that they have Mm -hmm. they still have to deal with the fact that they They black. black right at the end of the day so it's like I enjoyed hearing his perspective because I got to see, I I don't want to say life, but I got to see how he looks at things in his own way. Right. And how I can, through his eyes and how I can connect that to what I see. Right. Um, so that was, that was very interesting, that whole conversation, because he understood that, which I feel like more white people should understand. Well, more poor white people should understand is that you may be in the same boat as us, but even in the fact that you're in the same boat as us, you still get more chances. You still get more advantages. You still get the benefit of the, the doubt. doubt. Right. Because of the cause you're white. And it made me think about this tweet that I saw on Twitter. God the dude was just like of course I feel he he I can't wanna I can't remember it verbatim, but basically it was to the extent of if stop and frisk was something that happened in white neighborhoods, you would have a plethora of young teenagers going to jail for drug charges. Mm-hmm. So don't look 
So it shouldn't be looked at as, oh, we need stop and frisk in these communities because we know that these people have drugs. Y'all know that the other people have drugs too, but y'all not stopping and frisking them. Right. Because you know that that would then level the playing field, and that's not what y'all trying to do. Right. But that's the whole purpose of systemic racism um, is to keep the playing field unlevel. That that's that's the whole purpose. That's the sole purpose of it. And it just amazes me how how good <laughs> like how good it just all worked out for them. Because you put a system into play that disadvantages one and not completely uplifts another, but advantages another. If that if that's the right word, I'm pretty sure it's not, but that's the only word that came to mind. Okay. So it's and then you made it to a point where the people who are being who have the advantage don't even realize that they have, have the advantage. advantage. Right. And that works in your favor because if somebody doesn't realize that they have something, how can you expect them to give that up? Right. And it, it just it just blows my mind every day. Like whoever came up with this was a genius. <laughs> exactly. Was a, a evil genius. Evil but genius, a genius. But a genius. Because it worked, and it's still, still working, working to this day. day. It's still working because it has impact mindsets for generations, s- centuries, centuries, and generations. Like, but I do feel like we're experiencing a shift, a shift in mindsets. I think, I feel, and this is just me personally, I feel like as far as um, the African-American community, um, there's an awakening within within our community and we're becoming more aware of those tactics and aren't falling to pray to it anymore. Yeah. Like we, for the okie doke. Right. Not falling for the okie doke anymore. Okay. And I feel like there's a sense of more standing up for yourself and not they I feel like they refer to it as not falling for white tears and not being affected or moved by white tears. Because, uh, fragility, white fragility. Because if you want something to change, you got to get to a point where you care about your feelings more than you care about somebody, somebody else's, else's feelings. feelings. Exactly. And that's how they've been moving forward for years. I care about my feelings way more than I care about your feelings, so I'm going to do what I need to do. And I feel like we are gradually getting to a point where we're doing the same and they can't take it. In this, <laughs> but at the same time, I also think while that's happening, also you have people like Chelsea who are starting to realize, like, yo, this is really happening. Like, this ain't just a thing. Like, this is really this is just not the imagination of African Americans. This is this is really a thing because I'm not ignoring the clear signs that is happening. I'm paying attention. I'm listening. I'm seeing. I'm observing. 
and I morally want to do something about it because I can't just continue to sit here and act like it's not happening. And I appreciate the fact that more white people are getting to that point. And seeking to be an ally. Yeah. And what another another thing that I liked in it was that in her process of seeking to be an ally, she got confronted with the fact that as African Americans, we tired of telling y'all what y'all doing wrong. We tired of telling y'all how to fix stuff and how things should be. Because y'all already know how it should be. Right. We know that you know how How it should should be. be. So in that, I feel like she she learned that if I want to be an ally, I need to not so much rely, not necessarily rely on African Americans to tell me what's wrong. But to, or what needs to be done, or what needs to be done, because you already know what needs to be done. Right. You can't sit here and act like you don't know what needs to be done. Right. You can always go to somebody for advice if you truly don't know, but don't come to them saying, "Oh, tell me how to do this, this, that, and the third. Right. Come to them saying, "Okay, I'm realizing that this is happening. I want to do something about it, but I want to go about it in a way that's gonna help everybody." And I don't want to misstep. So if I'm doing something wrong, let me know I'm doing something wrong. So I can be of a better help to you. And I'm glad that through the course of the documentary, she honed in on that and felt that and realized that and was like, okay, I need to be talking to people that look like me if this is going to be something that's going to change. Right. And I feel like... A lot, not a lot, but a good bit than more than I expected of white people are getting to that point. And it's going to take a lot more of them to get to that point before things really change. Because honestly, as black people, we can only do it so much. Like, you want to go into a situation saying, oh, I can fix this, I can fix that, I can fix that. But at the end of the day, you can't fix everything. You're not going to be able to fix everything. And you can't fix people's perspective. Right. You can't change fix people's, people's hearts. Because right. people going to do what they going to do. Right. The only thing that we can do at this point is work around that. And I feel like that's what we starting to realize is we just got to work around it. Right. Yeah, it's going to be harder. Yeah, it's not fair. But can we really just harp on the fact that things are the way that they are? Because like we said, it's been like that for generations. Right. So to, to me, I feel like those those energies should be used to, like you said, work around the system. If not even establish our own systems. Yeah. Where we can make sure our needs are taken care of we, by us. Honestly, I'm I'm really starting to lean towards just getting our own. Because like <laughs> I like I agree that everybody should work with each other to a certain extent, but I also believe that 
if we don't do it for ourselves, we can't expect somebody else to do it. Right. And, like, I've been looking at different ways of thinking, like Marvis, Marcus Garvey and how they all had their way of saying, like, we need to establish our own. We need to do this. We need to do that because it's already been proven that we can do these things. Right. So why not do these things? Why depend on somebody else to give us a equal playing field where we can create our own equal playing field? Because we the shit. And so, when we create our own and we do our own, that then takes them, puts them in the position to be like, well, I want to be a part of that. That look way more lit than what, what I got going on. Right. And then then we have the dictation of saying, well, if you want to be a part of this, you got to do this, that, and the third. Right. If you're not doing it, you can't be a part of it. And that's just that. Right. Right. And I'm just like, I'm leaning more towards that way of thinking because I feel like that gives us a lot more... Authority, power. And it gives us the evil the equal playing field that we all been looking for. Right. Because we all say we wanna be on an equal playing field, but the way that we going about it right now isn't necessarily working for us. Right. Because the the playing field that we trying to equate was never meant to be equate equatable. Does that make sense? It was <laughs> it was never meant to be equal. Right. It was never meant to be equal. Yeah. The whole purpose was to in oppressing somebody, the opposite of like you said, the opposite of oppression is lifting up. So if if, if a group of people is being oppressed then somebody is being elevated. Yeah. So um so it was never that the playing field that we're trying to change. We're not all of us, but a lot of us are spending energy on trying to change. Um, was never meant to be equal. Yeah. Um, and that's why I say maybe you know I'm not saying those people should if they are very passionate about that and that's something they want to do. Great. Go for it. You know, do it. But for me, you know, I would rather focus my energies on establishing a different field, um, laying a different foundation. But my thing is, if you create a different field and create a different foundation, in the end, in, in the end game, it's going to eventually get you to that point of, of equal. Of equal. Because that's the end goal, right? Right. Is the end to be goal equal. is to be for equality. So, I mean, uh, uh, but let's get on topic. White privilege. Because <laughs> we got off topic. Um, the, the documentary, it kind of, it, it showed me things that I already knew. But then it also showed me things that... I didn't already know, which was, um, God, I just had it in my head. Now it's gone. <laughs> um, like, I didn't, 
personally realize the extent to which they were not trying to get people to vote. Oh, like or voting restrictions. Like I knew, I know it's a thing. I definitely know it's a thing. I'm not naive to that fact. But just the tactics of how far they're going, I didn't know the extent of that. Okay. And the documentary revealed to my eyes the extent of that. Because you in, in classes, when I was learning about voter, voter suppression. suppression and whatnot, we mainly talked about gerrymandering and cutting the lines a certain way to get certain people elected and all that good stuff. But you don't necessarily hear about buses being stopped by, by the police. By the police. By the police. And taking people to vote. And that's clearly taking people to exercise their, their right. right and not their privilege, but their right to vote. And it's just like, it's one of those things <laughs> that I say a lot, like, it opens up your eyes, but it also makes you really worried. <laughs> like, really worried. Because it's just like, you, in your mind, you want to believe that, okay, time has gone on. We've moved so much further than where we've been. But then you have instances like that that make you kind of sit back and be like, have we really progressed? Exactly. Have we really progressed that much? But like, kind of like in the documentary, um, it was said that, you know, back in the 50s and 60s, it was just open. But now, you know, it's more, um, what what term did they use? It's not as obvious. Yeah. Um, the tactics are not as visual, but you know they they doing it with laws and that you know what that made me think about and stuff like that. I feel like integration just made niggas more sneaky. <laughs> like, right, right. Because when you face with somebody face to face. You know you don't have as much confidence as you would have had if they not face to face. Right. So you're not just gonna directly go at somebody because now it's quote unquote not politically correct. correct. Right. So you have to do more behind the scenes and manipulate laws and manipulate. And just the FYI, when I say niggas, like niggas can be associated with any race to me in my eyes. That's just how I embrace the word nigga. Okay? Like, so when I say nigga, I could really be talking about any and everybody. I'm just letting y'all know that right now. Okay. Thank you for clearing it up. <laughs> I just had to clear it up. Because I was like, yeah, like, it's just... Yeah, it was a good documentary. It really was. Definitely highly recommend you watching it. But again, the documentary was called Hello Privilege. My name is Chelsea, and it was it's a new documentary um, on Netflix. I don't know if she's necessarily going to come out with a part two. Um, honestly, because in the video, like, a lot of people that she talked to... They came for her. They came... Not, not even the fact that they came for her, but they told her that 
what is this documentary really going to do? Right. They challenged her motives, which was, I think, was great because that's the shift I'm talking about. That's the shift. That's the eye-opening perspective of people of, of color. Like, what is your motives? Like, like what... What are you going to do with this? Yeah, it's good. It, it, like they say, it's a privilege that you can even make this documentary. But at the same time, like... Documentary. So, what are you going to do with this? Propaganda was used to degrade us and make us seem like less than. So, why not use that same method to help people realize that this isn't right and you should be more open to these type of comments. Right, but still, with her privilege, there's still an accountability that I feel like people of color should hold her to. Like, yeah. you making this documentary, now what? What yeah. you gonna do? Yeah, and that's another point that was made in the video by, um, because remember, because at some, one point, I'm pretty sure it was towards the end, she had met with, um, uh, one of the active members in the Black Lives Matter groups right. and um, their ally groups, and they had a discussion because it was the black lady and I think it was two white ladies, and she they the white lady basically told her like, yeah, this documentary is all fine and well, but like, it's gonna take a lot more than just one act of kindness to change things like you have to actively every day on a daily basis be committed to making other white people aware of their privilege and you have to actively be committed to the process of change and that's another thing that i feel like is kind of making this a slow process is yeah you have people that want to do things here and there and whatnot but you don't have people white people that's actually committed to the process. Right. They'll go to a march. They'll go to a march. They'll write an article for a newspaper, but on a daily basis. Because it takes a lot of effort. Right, and it Because I know from my own experience that it takes a lot of effort. And and I'm not, and I'm not questioning it because I appreciate them writing the articles. I appreciate them going to the marches. I'm not downplaying it, but you know, at a, at a certain point, you have to say, am I in it or am I in it? Like, am I yeah. in it to, to win it or I'm going to just every year or every so often I'm going to participate in a march? Or every time something happens, I'm going to com- make comments on social media. Yeah. Right. So, but like you say, it's a long-term But commitment. honestly, even in that aspect, in that point, you got black people that ain't even that committed at the same oh, time. Oh, I agree. I agree 100%. Because that, that's, that's a whole nother problem in itself. That's for another podcast. <laughs> and, like, I'm not going to lie. Even myself, I've been trying to honestly hold myself accountable lately. Like, ever since Trump got elected, I used to watch CNN every day. I used to watch MSNBC every now and then. Like, I just stopped doing it. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I stopped doing it. I stopped being involved. I stopped being in the know. And that's something that... But I don't think you have to be in the know because I don't I don't watch any of those either. I stopped watching all those probably in 2008. 
So, I don't think you have to be in the know in order to act, to make a change within your community. Because yeah. to me, all that stuff can be a distraction. All that stuff True. can be like a, a way to say that. And what I'm doing really going to have an impact. Yeah. So, my Because, I mean, you could be watching all that stuff and still not doing local things that could be helping you right. in the moment. So what That's my true. focus have been on is how can I personally make a change, have an impact on my spirit influence, the spirit influence I have. What can I do? How can, you know, I allow the things that I do shape and define what that looks like for me. So basically, everybody got to do better. Some people have to do a whole lot better than others. But basically, everybody got to do better. Right. Myself included. (laughs) So, there you go. But, yeah. So, definitely, definitely go watch the documentary um, on Netflix if you have when you get a chance. But also, I encourage people to have open conversations about stuff like this. Not just black people, but also white people. And then the white people that do have the open conversations have them outside of a black presence. Because you can really get down to the nitty gritty when people aren't holding back. Right. I and know. that's the whole point of the conversation is to get down to the nitty gritty. I agree. So yeah, guys, you got some homework this week. So go do it. <laughs> Okay, thank you guys for listening. Um, As always, share, share, like, like, comment, comment. wherever we post, comment. Be sure to comment. Let us know what you guys think. If you guys have any suggestions for any topics like Kiara did, um, let us know. We'll check it out. Um, And if it's something we think that ties into... um, Because I enjoy getting put on to new stuff. Yeah. We would definitely. Every, I don't out. know about any and everything. So when I don't know about something and I get put onto something that's actually like really good and beneficial, I enjoy it. Okay, but until the next two weeks, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.